In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 8 to 16. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron... And her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner. And he said, The Lord has sworn, The Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. The first battle of Israel. Previously, God fought for Israel. God fought the Egyptians And the Israelites did nothing. They just followed. This time, God would involve them in the war. Now it's not just God destroying their enemies. Now God wants to involve his people to fight for themselves, yet with the power of God behind them. With the power of God guiding them, leading them. That is the same with us. There are times that God would fight our battles and we do not have to do anything. But there are times God wants us involved, wants us to work on something, wants us to work on a relationship, especially with family members. There are times God wants us to do something according to his will. Yet there are times God would say to you, be still. And know that I am God. I would know those times when I cannot think of anything else to do. My power is limited. Then I can only look to God. So, God gave Israel victory in Rephidim. Yes, and that's the story. His servants, Moses, Aaron, Hur, and Joshua played crucial roles against Amalek. Joshua would lead the army to battle Amalek, but God would give victory through Moses' raised hands on top of the hill. Remember that the rod of God was with him. Such was God's specific design for this battle. Let me share to you that God has general guidelines in the word 
Yet there are times in our lives God would have a very specific design how we could win a battle in life. And how would we know? We have to listen to his leading. First, know the general will of God, the Bible. Then, hear God specifically on how to win. How to win the battle. Because there is a battle going on. And it's a spiritual battle. The book of Ephesians, Paul wanted the Ephesian believers to be open to the spiritual battle around them. And if we are not conscious, we do not know that there is a spiritual battle, we will be misled. We would think the enemy would be our family members. We would blame one another or blame others without first thinking that there is a spiritual dimension to life. Brothers, sisters, there is a spiritual dimension to life. And every Sunday you come here to be reminded of that. That there is a spiritual dimension. That we live not only in a physical dimension, but there is the unseen dimension. How can we prove that? Well, your body is your body. And when you're dead, it's just your body. The unseen dimension is your mind. I like reading stuff about science. I'm not a scientist, but uh, it just fascinates me at times. When they said uh, science has tried to study the mind, but they could only study the brain. There's still something there that's hard to discover. Yes, it, the brain affects the mind, yet there is something deeper than the brain, which science would never explain, could never explain. God's specific design for the battle was Joshua lead the warriors, Moses on top of the hill, raising the banner of God. Well, at that time, they didn't have banners like flags yet because Moses had only the rod. That was the banner that must be raised. They did not worship the rod, by the way. They did not bow down to the rod. But somehow God used Moses with the rod. The younger men would fight the battle on the ground while three older men would be on the hill. God used the rod of Moses in the past as a symbol of his banner. Whenever his banner was raised, there would be victory. That rod was used against Pharaoh and the Egyptians. God acknowledged and honored whenever Moses would use the rod. There is no magic rod today. God made sure it was forgotten. Otherwise, if that existed today, perhaps we would worship it. Humans, frailty humans. Number one, God would use three old men. Sounds like a song. Three old men. Oh, mice, I see. Three blind mice, yeah. Three. <laughs> so, God would use three old men to give victory from the top of the hill and a younger man, Joshua, who fought the enemies in the battlefield. So, Moses, Aaron, and her went up the hill. When Moses raised his hand with the rod, Joshua would prevail 
against Amalek. And the other way happened. When Moses would be so tired in raising the banner, the rod, Amalek would be prevailing, beating Joshua. Of course, the man is old. And sometimes try lifting your hands for two hours or three. That's how long battles are sometimes. You would grow weary and tired. So Moses got tired. So the two old men helped by putting a rock so he can sit down. And they both held each arm, supporting Moses. Therefore, Joshua one, God's chosen leaders need support. What is that banner? When we lift the name of Jesus, when we pray, some believe this is a spiritual thing. Raising the banner, the leader, the old man, raising the banner, somehow the young men are victorious. I believe this is true. I took this to heart when you appointed me a pastor here that I would pray and lead in prayer first and raise his name through prayer and worship that we would have proper worship. I believe we would prevail. But without the raising of the banner, it is hard to win. It is hard to win in the trials of life. If we do not raise the banner of Jesus in our lives, if we are ashamed of the gospel, you will not have victory in your spiritual life. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to salvation. Are you ashamed of the gospel? I hope you're not. Because Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, one day I shall be ashamed of you. Yes, it's in the gospels. Read it. Are you ashamed that you are a follower of Christ? Ah, brothers and sisters, his banner should be raised in our lives. No, I'm not saying you become spooky religious with others. No, 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 don't be spooky. Some of you look spooky, you know. Some of you talk about little things. Jesus is not about little things. When we are asked why we believe, we should explain it. We can never force others to believe. If they do not want, then why force? Jesus said, follow me. And people followed him. One time, a rich young ruler said, I want to follow you. Oh yeah, really? Why do you call me good? Only God is good. Then after Jesus setting the requirement, the rich young ruler left. You're not forced to follow Jesus. Let me tell you this. Jesus does not need you. You need him. Some preacher saying Jesus loves you so much. It breaks his heart that you don't come to him. In a manner of speaking, yes. In a manner of speaking, no. To those who do not believe, they are already condemned according to the Bible. We raise the banner of Jesus. Brothers, if we apply it here, I need your help. Will you help me? Will you help me? 
we must work together in prayer, in worship, to raise his name, to preach his name. No other name but his name. Some do not realize the power of that. The more you keep the Lord Jesus to yourself, the more you will not understand it. You see, in Christianity, in the Bible, it's opposite what the world says. You know what the world says? To see is to believe. In Scripture, the more you believe, the more you will see. The Lord commanded Moses to write, with Joshua as witness, to blot out Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar. An altar then is not an altar now. In our culture, an altar has statues that you worship, right? Altars there are monuments to remind. It's like a contract. Remember this. Whenever you see this. What? That Amalek must be destroyed. Why is so God angry at Amalek? Huh? Because the young nation isn't really yet a nation. They came out of Egypt. They've been struggling with water and food in the desert. And then suddenly, this tribe would like to take advantage because they have gold and silver. They were not gentlemen in battle. They took advantage. So Moses named that place the Lord is my banner Jehovah Nisi banner he is our banner we do what we do today in the name of Jesus Christ sometimes I talk to some of you fathers husbands and I share often I love my family because that is my commitment to my Lord. Because I love God first. It is a commitment, not an emotional feeling. So when you lose the emotion, you get disappointed. You're no longer responsible. You want to change responsibilities. That is foolish. Everything we do is because of Him. That is raising the banner. I love my wife, my children. Not because I have to, because I made a commitment to follow Jesus Christ and that is his will. So it shall not change no matter what. No matter if sometimes we disappoint one another or we make one another happy, that does not change. Brothers, sisters, when you commit to Jesus, don't commit just because you have this emotional feeling. You're in love with Jesus. It should be a firm commitment. Because I gave my word. Because he made a covenant and I received that covenant. What is a covenant? An agreement. The Lord is our banner. The Lord is your banner. Jesus Christ is our banner. Why do we honor our parents? Why? Because the word of God said so. Sometimes parents are right. Sometimes they are wrong. Nobody's perfect. 
But I can assure you, most parents love their children so much they can't even explain what it feels like to somebody who has no children yet. Trust. Honor. Of course, if they tell you to do something outside the word of God, don't do it. Because you are committed to them because you're committed to God. God is our commitment. That means he is your banner. God is the banner of Israel. And God's enemies would be destroyed. In the spiritual truth, in the unseen world, in eternity, that is true. That those who are not in Christ, according to Romans, are enemies of God. So if we do not follow him, yes, we become enemies of God. Oh, is God like that? Yes, God is like that. I hope you stop inventing a God in your own mind. You have to, if you believe in the God of the Bible, it's the whole of scripture you must understand. Where Christ is the center. The love of God is expressed in Christ alone. In Christ. That is the new covenant. In Christ. Outside Christ, what do you expect? The wrath of God. As in the book of Romans says, the wrath of God. We're not talking religion. We're talking about you deciding not to join a religion. No. It's you making a firm commitment to God himself, to Jesus Christ, to follow him. If you follow him, it means everything, mind, soul, body, we follow him. Who do you follow, my friends? If we understand the word of God, you will not see Jesus only as a lamb of God. Yes, that is the most important role he took to be the lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. That if we repent and believe, we shall be saved by his grace. But he's not only a lamb. Revelation pictures him as a lion as well. Oh, in the Old Testament, clearly God is a warrior. God is a warrior. So brothers, especially my brothers, do not have a picture of Jesus that is so soft. He was a carpenter, not just a son of a carpenter. The Bible said he was a carpenter. Carpenters are not soft. Have you seen carpenters with soft hands? He is strong. When he comes back again, he comes as a warrior. You'd see that in the Bible. God is our banner. Can we say, say it with me? God is my banner. Jesus is my banner. Remember that. Do not be ashamed of him. A banner is raised, not kept, not hidden. It is raised. Why do you do what you do? Because of Jesus Christ. Why do we serve the church community? Because of Jesus Christ. Not because I like you. I learned to like you through time. Amen. Something church community is about. You have to like everybody. You will learn to do that. Can you learn to do that? That's why we counsel married couples. I know once upon a time you liked each other so much. But since you don't understand marriage too much, you rushed in. And when you rushed in, 
after a while, now you're having a hard time liking each other again. So we have to advise you, it is a commitment. And the more you commit to one another, the more you develop what true patience is, what true kindness is, which is the standard of love in the Bible. Love is patient, love is kind. Bible is fantastic. It is amazing. I would raise the word of God. This I follow. Will you? Application. We must join in the battle for the kingdom. What is the battle for the kingdom? Jesus said, go and make disciples. Making disciples is extending his kingdom. His kingdom is where he rules. The kingdom, according to Luke, is the kingdom unseen. What does that mean? It is our hearts that he must rule. Not just outer commitment, outward commitment, but in our hearts we must commit to follow Jesus Christ. We cannot remain passive. We must move from personal battles to kingdom battles. Let me say that. We must move from personal battles into kingdom battles. That means we have to grow up spiritually. We have to learn to forgive and heal. God can heal that hurt if you want. We must resolve that quickly so we can join in kingdom battle. Otherwise, you're trapped there again and again and again and again, still nursing that hurt 20 years ago, still talking about that, still blaming somebody, still blaming your parents. You cannot blame people forever. At one time, you must take responsibility of your life. That's why we come together. That's why there is discipleship. That's why we study the word together. That's why we have some activities here. It's so what? So that we can have true faith in Christ. But not just faith in Christ. But the, we may obey. We may come together and obey Jesus Christ. God is good. God is faithful to give us victories in both the personal and community levels. Personal level, community level, community as a church. We must win victories together. It's boring if all you think about is yourself. Hmm? It's boring. Life is so boring if all you think about is your own problem. Because some of our problems don't, you, you have the limit to solve some problems. You hear me? There are some problems, all you can do is trust God. You think you can change somebody? You? Oh, no, 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 that's the work of the Holy Spirit. We can only share God's word to them. We can inspire them, encourage them, challenge them. Yes, sometimes rebuke them, but we have no power. You think you can change your spouse? Oh, no, begin to trust God for it. Because we have limits. You have limits. That's why in Christ we trust alone for his plan. 
Pastor Ed, I've been praying and praying. She or he has not changed yet. Oh, it means you are still growing. You still must learn patience. Until you come to the point, I surrender all. I surrender all. Lord, I surrender to you, my wife. Take her, Lord, anytime you want. I surrender all. That's not what I meant. What I meant is, I surrender my wife or husband to you, and I trust you. Because you told me to love her. I'll just love her according to your word. Then I will trust you. Lord, my husband, oh. I have a thousand things he must change. But now I surrender him to you. I surrender. I will submit to him. But trust you. For only you can change him or her. Lord, our children, we surrender to you. We cannot control their lives. Don't fool yourself. You think you can control them? If you start controlling them, then you are the real dictator. Some parents are dictators, you know that. I share to you, the moment there are children, enjoy that. Because there comes a time as they grow, they develop their own opinions. You have to allow them to have that. But do not debate. Discuss, oh, why do you think that way? Talk. As they get older, it's more of a discussion and consultation rather than dictation. When they are young and you are still feeding them, you can say, these are the rules of my house. Yes, you can. Children, obey. You share the word of God to them. These are the rules of my house. If you want to defy it, then go out and work and live alone. That's why I share to even the young men here. Hmm? I said, if you cannot have not contributed food in your own house, if you have not fed your first family, your family where you were born into, with one month food, and have not paid the rent or anything, you are not prepared to have a girlfriend. Hello? <laughs> first prepare yourself. And ladies, please do not trust your emotions when you're a teenager. Don't trust them. They will betray you. It's that stage where you easily fall in love. Huh? Yeah, don't trust it. You get infatuated too soon. Then you realize that they are not proven yet. They have not been proven in crisis nor in success. I'm not saying they have to be rich and filthy rich before you marry them. I believe in character. Character and patience and strength. And I say strength, it's not bully, bullying. Strength is not, you're not easily moved by problems. There's a problem. Mm, okay, I see. Then let us solve the problem. 
gentlemen, you must be strong. Because when you ask your wife, what is the problem? They might say, you are the problem. <laughs> you must learn to be patient and say, why do you think so? That I am the problem. Don't immediately retaliate. You listen. And after they have exhausted their emotions of speaking, they'll get tired. They will sleep. <laughs> you just say, mm -hmm. let me get my notebook first. I'll record it in my phone. Speak. So, wife, next time do not be tempted to repeat. Just tell me to review what I recorded, okay? <laughs> God is good. No, I don't do that because we don't have to do that. Praise God. Happy birthday, darling. Uh, oh, that was yesterday. <laughs> Personal victory, community victory. Our community as a church. Number two, we must pray. I believe in praying, in seeking God, in worshiping Him. We must extend blessings to the effort to make disciples. That is raising His banner when we preach to make disciples. When we pray, when we worship, that is raising the banner. And we must support his servants who will bring us victory. God always works through servant leaders in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And these leaders should not abuse their power. They should only preach what is in the word of God according to the context. Not manipulative. I don't trust sermons that have four verses or five verses from different places of the Bible without studying the context of each verse. I don't trust that. Because I can tell you to commit suicide just by quoting verses. And that's not biblical. Study carefully context. That's why we preach to you context. We are contextual students of the word of God. The author had an intent. God used human authors. There's a divine side of the Bible and there's a human side of the Bible. Much like our lives. Much like Jesus Christ. He was God, divine, yet he was man. A hundred percent as well. The same way in scripture, God used people. There were situations. They had a purpose for the writing. We have to understand the purpose. How do we understand they're dead? We study their culture and their context. That's why we preachers must study more than you. Do you under, have you gone to another country and felt that they do weird things? Have you tried that? No, don't say it's weird. It's weird to you. But for them, that is their culture. The same way as when people come here, they think we're weird. Do you know how weird we are? How weird we look sometimes? I've been asked by foreigners, Mr. Pilapil, What's this? <laughs> I, I don't understand. I almost said it's a dance we make every now and then. But I do not apologize when they are here. I said this is, that's part of our culture. We show respect as not to disturb when people are speaking to one another. So that they will have eye contact we stoop low 
so that their eyes are free to look. It is a weird thing when other people look at it, especially when you're watching TV and your TV is low. Others would do that. You're more of a blockage, actually. If you just walk straight, I could see more. Doing that actually makes me see less. Get, get out. That's our culture. The same way the Bible has a culture written by different authors from different places. We go there to understand. We try to immerse. We study. What did they mean by that? Of course, if you eat ramen oh, prepared by a Japanese, oh, you have to make noise. Huh? The sound must be this clear to say delicious, I appreciate. Huh? You do that in front of my Lola, you're in trouble. Bastos na aki ine, huh? Ingay, ingay. You drink your soup quietly. But I realize there's a practical thing when, when eating ramen with a noise. It's actually, when you do that, it actually cools, cools the, the, the noodles. So when it's in there, it's already cooler. Huh? Ah, but I say Filipinos, we have our own style. It's like this. And yet once I was still asked, Mr. Ed, what is this? <laughs> because they don't have that in their country. It was very hard to explain to me, but you have to be a quick thinker to explain your culture. I said, it's like a greet, it's a greeting. You see, in other Asian countries, especially our neighbors, the Taiwanese, the Chinese, the Japanese, the Koreans, they do it this way. We just do it in reverse. <laughs> I have to explain our culture to them in a way that they would understand. We can't explain that. It's just normal. It's all normal. There's no root. Nobody in history ever wrote where it came from. There is no historian, sociologist, where did this come from? I don't know. Maybe I'll write a book and history will accept it as the explanation. But for us, it's a wonderful greeting, right? It's a happy greeting, right? We study scripture, it's like going deep into their culture to understand the words they speak. That's why I don't trust a preacher who just looks on the surface and preaches you with the eyes of his own culture. We cannot do that. So yung iba sa inyo, kala nyo mayabang nyo eh, kala nyo marunong na kayo eh. I need you to be humble enough to take the time to study. Amen? Wag kayong makulit ha? Babarahin ko na kayo. Kala po, galing-galing. According to this verse. According to this verse. It's easy to say what the Bible says, but if I ask you, what does it mean? Ah, according to their culture first. Before you put how, what does it mean for us today? No, this doesn't mean I have to go on a hill 
with our elders and raise a rod. That's not my application here. The application in the New Testament, we have a banner and his name is Jesus. To raise his name in preaching his name and praying and worshiping his name. Then we will have more victory. So when I invite you to pray with me, that is a serious request. It happens every second and fourth. Saturday of every month. Number three, God is our banner. While Amalek would be God's enemies for generation to generation, through Christ they shall be forgiven. We pray and preach in his name alone. In his name alone. We do it for his glory alone. But through Christ, there's a difference in the New Testament. Through Christ, his enemies may be reconciled to him. We were enemies of God in our sin. That's what Romans 5 says. But through Christ, he has brought peace between God and us. While we were enemies, Christ died for us. So what do we do? We preach a message of reconciliation. From, for Adam sinned and humanity sinned. But we may be reconciled to God. God is love but he is also just. And his justice is real. But God's plan is to justify. Huh? Justify all who believe. And when I say believe, I'm not saying I, you believe he exists. You really believe him to a point you follow him. But those who do not shall suffer eternally. We shall suffer eternally. So I invite you, brothers, sisters. Christ is your banner, not yourself. Hmm? Please. Every generation has its strengths and weaknesses. God is our banner. Raise his banner. Share Jesus to somebody. Invite them in the community. We may preach, but allow them to see the banner, to hear the banner of Christ. We do not preach ourselves. We preach Jesus Christ. We share our testimony to glorify him, not to glorify us. We share the gospel because the gospel is everything. That's why he came. And the gospel is not a religion. It is knowing what he did. He died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. He defeated death. Therefore, he can promise us eternal life because he resurrected from the dead. That's why he said, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Let us all stand. May we sing that song again? I have decided to follow Jesus. Let us close our eyes and reflect. You are in a battle in your own life. We all have battles. Lord, we know we have battles in our lives. But we do not want to fight it alone. We want you in our lives. Therefore, we raise your banner. Jesus Christ in our lives.
We trust you. We do not know how you will give us the victory. But one thing we know, our soul already has the victory in Christ. Because you died for us. And then those who believe. You said repent and believe the gospel. So we repent of our sins. We make a decision to turn away from everything and follow Jesus. For that is freedom. That is liberty. That is life. Following Jesus. We trust you, Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus. Let's sing it. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me. The cross before me the world behind me the cross before me the world behind me the cross before me no turning back no turning back though none go Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Let's sing that song again. God bless you. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have Notes.
Sa 